right, welcome to the Will Ford Show. I've got a special guest in-house, my first in-studio guest, Tucker Rogers, who is a uh, amateur MMA fighter, and we've got UFC 246 coming up on Saturday, the big one, Conor McGregor and Donald Cowboy Cerrone. Um, so I want to welcome Tucker Rogers to the Will Ford Show. Thanks for joining the show, man. I'm glad you reached out to, to talk about this, so thanks for coming on. For sure. Um, I'm very excited to enlighten the fans on the fight coming up this weekend. Um, Donald Cowboy Cerrone, a uh, fan favorite for sure, and the notorious one. He brings all the casual fans in. For uh, It's a whole different audience when he gets on the stage and when he gets in the cage. So I'm excited to break it down with you. So Connor is 21 and 4 overall, and, and Cowboy's he's 36 and 13. He's I mean, he's been around a long time. And I mean, he's a legend. Both of them are going to be legends. But like, what do you make of this matchup? Because people are asking Cowboy if it's going to be his last one. And, you know, they kind of have two different fighting styles and things like that. But what do you make of this matchup just on the surface, just going into it? Um, I, I personally, I like the matchup. I think Donald's been around the sport for a long, long time. And he definitely deserves the paycheck. Because when you fight Connor, he said it himself. He calls it red panty night. It's just... When you fight him, you make a lot of money, yeah. and uh, Donald deserves that. He's been around the sport for a long, long time. He's fought in the WEC. He holds lots and lots of records. Um, he holds most wins, uh, most head kick knockouts. He submitted Edson Barboza, who's just an animal. Um, he's done a lot for the sport, just like Connor. So they both they both deserve their due, and I think they're I think they're going to put on a great show Saturday. So McGregor, they have two kind of different fighting styles because McGregor. Kind of likes he likes the the stand up fighting. He he'll he'll ground and pound up top. But Cowboy he's kind of established in the ground game too. He kind of he has a good ground game. But he kind of said he said in in a couple interviews that he he should probably take Connor to the ground, but he doesn't really want to. He kind of wants to just battle Connor straight up. What are your thoughts on on that? I think that I think that you're silly if you think that Connor doesn't have a ground game. He he fought at 155. He fought for the title against Habib Nurmagomedov. Um, he got bullied on the ground completely. That's because Khabib's a specialist on the ground. Donald, however, he specializes in mixed martial arts. He does it all. He does the jiu-jitsu. He does the taekwondo. He does the kickboxing. He does it all. He's a very well-rounded fighter, and so is Connor. If there's an edge to anybody, um, I think Connor's got the edge on the feet for sure, and I think Donald has the edge on the ground. However, that doesn't mean it's going to be Cowboy can take him down and the fight's going to be over because that's not how it's going to be. It's going to be a it's going to be a war for sure. I think in the early stages of the fight, I think that's where Connor is going to strive. He tends to die off a little bit in the later rounds, mm -hmm. like four and five. But I think one two, I think I think if he can put the pause to Cowboy and really get his hands on him, I think it might be over quickly. And that sucks for me to say because I'm a huge Cowboy fan. Yeah. Watched him since I started, and that sucks to say. So if Connor can get his hands on him in one and two, it might be over early. And I think if it gets into three, four, and five, I think Cowboy's going to edge him out for a decision, I would like to say. so. Do you think it's it would be dangerous for Cowboy to get into, a I guess, a, a striking war with with Connor early on? Um, Cowboy's been in a lot of a lot of stand-up wars. He he's fought the best of the best. He's fought Edson Barboza. He's he's fought Justin Gaethje. Um, these are all ranked guys he's fighting. You know he hasn't fought any slumps. He's ne he's never 
never fought any bums. You know, he he's fought at the 170 pound division. He's fought at 155. He's fought the best of the best. And if he wants to strike with Connor, I, I really do think he can get it. Um, I think, I think because Donald is a, is a slow starter, how he tends to be. Um, I think because he's a slow starter, that that could potentially give Connor the edge. But I think if if they want to if they want to trade some paws right in the middle in the very beginning, it could go either way. You know, they both have power. They're both professional athletes. Anybody can get hurt. Anybody can get knocked out. So, yeah, it's true. So it's fifty fifty on the feet, just like every fight. You know, it might not seem that way, but when you guys are, when you're on the feet and you're standing in the cage with somebody, anybody can cl- get clipped. Anybody can go to sleep. So. I think when we put it all together, I think if they get into a striking match like that, if they get into a brawl like that, I think Connor might have the edge. But like I said, it, it really it really doesn't matter. I, I think the head kicks of Cerrone are insane. He's got crazy good head kicks. He's got crazy hard leg kicks. Um, I think that Connor's going to try to go to his body a little bit, try to soften him up for the lighter rounds, just because, just because everybody's saying that Cowboy's going to try to drag him into deep waters, three, four, and five, and I think Connor's going to stop some of that game plan by hitting into the body a little bit and working him, working him high or working him low, then working him high, and then finishing the fight. You know, but who knows how it's going to play out because yeah. it's a fight and anything can happen. Yeah, for sure. And you you mentioned that you, you think that if the longer this match goes, this fight goes, it it may favor Cowboy. Do you think this is going to be a longer match? Do you think this is going to go the distance and we could see a decision? Or do you think someone's going to maybe get the advantage early? Like, what are your, I guess, predictions as far as how this match could, or this fight could play out? Um, Going back to Donald being a slow starter. Everybody says he's a slow starter. Me, personally, I don't really see it. Um, He's fought really good guys. He fought Tony Ferguson, who is getting ready to fight for the title against Habib Nurmagomedov at 155 pounds in April. Um, he fought Tony just not too long ago and the, the fight got stopped because in the second or going from the second to the third round, Donald had broken his nose and blew his nose. When you blow your nose and it's broken, your eyes swell up. I'm not sure the science behind that, but like something that I've always been told since I started my brother in in my corner, he's always like, have good skills, stay calm. And if anything happens to your nose, do not blow it out. You don't blow it out because you don't want your eyes to swell up because the fight will get stopped. That's that's crazy. I did not it know is. that if if you had a bloody nose and you, you blew it, your eyes were gonna. That's that's pretty wild. It and is. So is that something that you've seen on your person, like your scene? Me personally, I have not. But it happened to Donald, and the only reason I brought that up was because we were talking about um, later rounds, early rounds, who has the edge, and I brought that up because in the fight against Tony, he might have lost because he blew his nose, but like. It was one-to-one going in there. I thought Donald had the first round against Tony, and I thought Tony edged the second round just by just by a little bit. Um, I think when I scored the rounds, I scored the first round 10-9 Cerrone, and I scored the second round 10-9 for Tony. So like going into that third round, it could have gone either way for sure. And um, so to go back to him being a slow starter, I just don't think that's true. And against Justin Gaethje, he got into a firefight early with a hard power puncher, somebody who who uh, strives in the chaos. Justin Gaethje strives in the chaos. He wants to get in there. He wants to make it a brawl. He wants to make it ugly. He wants to put the pressure on you. And those are two fighters, Tony and Justin, who brought it to Cowboy and who, and who, made, him, who made him pay a little bit, trying to, trying to drag it out, trying to make it long, you know? And I don't think Connor's going to do that. Um, I think in the earlier rounds, 
one and two. Connor's got the edge. Later, three, four, five. I think Donald's got it. Me personally, I hate to say it. I think Connor is going to finish him late in the first. Yeah, late in the first. Yeah, that's that's pretty that's pretty bold for a, a fight that's kind of been built built up like it has been. So. I, I hope I hope I hope I'm wrong. Yeah, I hope you're wrong. I hope yeah. I'm wrong. Connor's got a nasty left hand too. He'll kind of just sit on that left hand, and then if you lunge out at him, I mean, he'll just he'll catch you across the chin, and it could it can be over in a hurry. So. Um, that's what I was going back to about working Donald low and then going high. I think a lot of times Connor draws his left hand out by throwing teeps to the stomach. Teeps is a front kick that comes right up the middle and the ball of your toes dig right up into the, into your, the weak part of your, the soft part part of your stomach. Mm -hmm. Um, he does it really well and he hides his left hand really well. He'll, he'll kick your, kick your legs low. He'll kick you in the stomach. And then all of a sudden you got this piston of a, of a left hand coming out of nowhere and it smokes you in your face and you go to sleep. That's how he works a lot of guys. He worked uh, um, Dennis Seaver. He did that to him. He did it to Dustin Poirier. He's done it to Eddie Alvarez. You know, he's done it to Jose Aldo. You know, he's he's done it to a lot of guys. I think Cowboy is going to have a better game plan than these guys. Now that we've seen how Connor fights and we've seen how the fights play out that he's in, um, you know, he does he does really well in the earlier rounds. He works you low, and then he throws the left hand. He mm -hmm. he draws it out. He he hits you to the body. He hits you to the legs. Then he throws the left hand, and he does really well at corralling his guys on the cage. He keeps him he keeps him pressed. Right. That's something that I don't think he's going to be able to do to Donald because Donald's not the guy to back up. Right. And a lot of these guys that Connor have fought, he fought Dustin Poirier. Dustin Poirier backed up. He fought Max Holloway. Max Holloway backed up. He fought Eddie Alvarez. Eddie Alvarez backed up. Donald's not going to back up. They're going to go in the middle, and they're going to trade a little bit, I think. Um, so the left-hand opportunities that he had had previous, I don't think he's going to have in this fight. Only because of the cage pressure, I don't think Donald's going to back up and allow himself to be put, his back put on the cage like yeah, that. put in the corner, essentially. Right, yeah. right. And I just don't think, I don't think that opportunity is going to be there. Me, personally, I don't follow MMA and UFC all that much, but... I know Connor is, he's, he's called the notorious one, and he is notoriously known for his trash talk, but I haven't really seen a lot of that when it comes to this fight. I know when he was, he was fighting Floyd, he was boxing against Floyd, and I mean, it was, it was on TV, him trash talking Floyd, but with, with this fight, it kind of seems like there's a mutual respect between these two, and Connor's not really going at Cowboy that much, and Cowboy's not really going at... Connor, what do you make of that? Um, there could be a few things. I think when I think when Connor went up against Habib Nurmagomedov, he he got humbled. I I think so because they he said leading up to that fight, he said he was going in the gym three times a week. You know, this isn't a sport where you can go in the gym three times a week. It's twenty four seven. You need to eat right. You need to be in the gym all the time. And I think if that fight's not always on your mind then then you're not really in it and you have to have everything in it and i think that's what happened against khabib um they say connor's more focused for this fight i love to see it i hope he's more focused i hope they're right i hope he's been in the gym 24 7 i hope he's been grinding but cowboy's always grinding he's always in the gym you know i think he's been humbled a little bit by habib um and i also think it's a mixture of that and i think it's a mixture of he has a lot of respect for donald you know donald's been around like i said he fought even in wec wec 
and Strike Force were two leagues that were before the UFC. They were two of the bigger leagues. Then the UFC bought them out, I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. A lot of the WEC fighters came to the UFC. A lot of the Strike Force fighters came to the UFC. And that's how they made the divisions. Um, you know, so Donald's been around for a long, long time. 36 and 13, that's a crazy record. Not to yeah. mention his kickboxing fights, you know. Mm-hmm. So he's been around the sport for a long time. And I think I think Connor respects that. And rightfully so. So I don't think I don't think Donald, even if he had trash talk, I don't think it would have affected him much. I don't think that Cowboy would have engaged in that type of that type of mind play because he already knew it was going to come. It didn't come. The, the trash talk didn't come like uh, Donald had anticipated. Yeah. So there's nothing to worry about. Nothing to worry about. Better. Right. Better off that way. Better off that they're both respectful to each other. Um, I'm excited. It's gonna be. It's gonna be a good fight. It's gonna be a good good match. Yeah. And. And I, I like how Donald was, he was kind of a pro, it's very admirable because he's, he's excellent in the ground game, but like you said, he's got experience in all types of fights, but I know someone asked him, and we kind of touched on this a little bit, but someone asked him if he it was going to take Connor to the ground, and he said he should, but he probably won't, and he's, because he wants, he kind of wants that one-on-one fight, just all things equal, just going at it, just a striking war, I think. I think that's the admiral thing, just to see where you line up with possibly one of the best strikers in the UFC and, and Conor McGregor. I think that's it's kind of admirable to want to basically face a guy's strength when it may not be your strength. I think that Donald wants to prove that he's the the best in the world, no matter where the fight goes. If it goes on the ground, he's the best, and he, he or he thinks he's the best at least. And if it stays on the feet, he wants to prove that he's the best. And the way to prove that you're the best is to beat the best where they're the best at. So if Connor is considered one of the greatest strikers in all of mixed martial arts, that's where Donald wants to fight. He wants to fight you where you're best, you know. Um, he's he's choked out good guys. He's submitted very good guys. So I think I think if he wants to, I think he could take him down probably, and I think if he wants to, he could probably submit him. Yeah. I just don't see how the, I just don't see him shooting the double. I don't I don't see him doing that crush sniffing style. I just don't see it. I think they're going to stand in the middle. I think they're going to trade me personally. I don't like that. I'd like to see Donald do what he's best at so I can see him win. Right. However, he's going to go in there. He's going to uh he's going to go in there and they're going to they're going to throw down for sure. Yeah. And I think it's going to stay on the feet and you know, that's up to Donald once he gets in there and how he and how he feels. If he gets in there and he gets cracked one time, and he's like, "Wow, I don't like that." And he shoots the double leg. Don't be surprised because Connor is one of the best. He he, yeah. he does have Lots of weapons on the feet. He does have very strong teep kicks up the middle. He does have very strong leg kicks. He does have a big left hand. You know, these are things you have to be mind not mindful of. Maybe once Donald tastes that power a little bit and gets a feel for that power, he might decide that he doesn't want to stand anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that's how that's going to go. Donald's been cracked before and he stayed in the pocket. And by staying in the pocket, I mean staying in striking range with his opponent. Right. He's been cracked. He's been hurt. And he stays right in there. He doesn't care, you know. So I think if he gets cracked by Connor, I don't think that's going to change. But we'll see once he gets in there, because yeah, you're in you're a survival mode when you get in there for sure. Right. So yeah, and you mentioned Cowboys submitted some really great fighters, and McGregor's last two losses, he was submitted by uh, Nate Diaz and Habib. So it it proves. I think it kind of proves. And at least in recent history, that McGregor maybe isn't great defensively 
when he when he gets taken down when he's on the ground. So I think the advantage clearly goes to Cowboy in that respect. But if Cowboy doesn't want to take him to the ground, and he he wants to fight him straight up, then maybe he kind of forfeits that advantage, and he's I guess he's playing Connor's game. So I think when they both get in there, I think. I don't really think there's an advantage going to anybody. Like I said, there might be a little bit of an advantage for Cowboy on the ground. There might not because I've seen Connor engage in the ground with really good guys. He got on top of uh, Dennis Seaver. You know, that's not somebody you want to be on the ground with, but he engaged in that. Um, he's fought good guys and he's got on the ground with him. Eddie Alvarez is another one. He had him hurt and he hurt him and dropped him and then he got on top of him, you know. Me personally, if I'm the striking guy who doesn't like the ground, I'm probably not going to try to do that. He tried. So, yeah. you never know. He might crack Donald and put him down and then jumps on top of him, and that might that might be an issue for Connor, him not being scared of the ground game, not respecting the ground game. But I think there's a lot of mutual respect. And um, and like I said, Donald, Donald can submit him from his back at any point in time. Yeah. He's very good at jiu-jitsu. He's got a good set of coaches around him. His striking coaches are world-class. He's world-class. So is Connor. And, you know, Con Connor is no slouch on the ground. He's got, uh, he's got Dylan Danis in his corner. Dylan Danis is a highly respected jiu-jitsu artist. He comes in there into the gym for Connor. And that's really the only reason I think he's at uh, the SBG gym with Connor is because of Dylan or because Connor and Dylan Danis are friends, they train together, they hang out together. You know, they're he's uh, Dylan Danis is really good on the ground, and that's his coach, that's his ground coach, and that's a high that's a that's a good coach, that's high level coaching that you have in your corner. So, like I said, when the guys were saying that acting like Cowboy could take him down and submit him any time, that's just not true. Yeah, you know, they're all training with world class fighters. They have world class coaching they have world-class training partners no but nobody is it, there's no easy part of the fight here it's not like if cowboy takes him down it's going to be over that's not it connor probably has skills off of his back mm -hmm. you know yeah so it, it could go either way you yeah, know for sure so final prediction then on this match you think i know you you, you mentioned it you think connor in probably round one or two gets it done or do you think cowboy extends the extends the fight and, and maybe takes it later on oh geez i hate making predictions on my favorite fighters and i was yeah. told before i came here to not be biased so yeah. i'm not gonna listen man, i struggle with the same thing with the dallas cowboys because i'm a big nfl guy so like i hate predicting games that the cowboys play in because if i pick them to win they'll always lose so like i always just try to like abstain from any cowboy game because I, I don't know, I just, I feel uh, superstitious about it. But um, if you don't, if you don't want to make, if you just want to say who made, I know you said they're really even fighters and anything can happen. But if you just gave an edge to somebody, just going into it, who would it be to kind of um, wrap up? I think, I think, fight? I think Donald, you know, 36 and 13, that's a, that's a lot of fights. Yeah. He's, he's been in the cage with, with, with anybody, everybody you can name. Robbie Lawler, 170-pound champion at one point, you know? He went he went the distance with him. He's fought Miles Jury and all these all these really high-level fighters, you know? And I think I think Cowboy's exiting his prime a little bit. They say your prime is, I think they say, like, 28 to 34, I think? And Donald's 36, if I'm not mistaken. 
and I think that's a little later in his career. Um, that doesn't mean he can't get it done. I think he strives three, four, and five if it goes that far. I don't think it's going to get that far. I think one and two, I think Connor's going to put him away early. I think he's going to crack him with a left hand, you know. Donald tends to throw combinations, and he throws his combinations and doesn't get his head off the center line. And what I mean by that is when you throw your one and your twos, which are your straight jab and your straight punches, um, he throws a lot of different combinations, but he never really moves his head off the center line, you know. Mm -hmm. It stays... It stays right in the hitting park, you know? Right, yeah. And so. and you don't want to be hit by a home run by Connor because yeah. it'll put you to sleep. It'll put the lights out. And For sure. So I think I think I see I see Donald getting cracked early and, and getting put away early. Um, late in the first or early in the second. I hope I'm wrong because I love Cowboy. I want Cowboy to go out there and starch him in 13 seconds is what I'd like yeah, to see. Yeah, for sure. But who knows, you know? It's going to be a good fight. So. It's going to be great. For I'm sure. excited. So, let's dive in now to your MMA career. And for the listeners, Tucker Rogers is 2-0 two, two in MMA. He is ranked 71 out of 509 uh, out of amateur bantamweights in the Midwest. He's ranked 10 out of 78 in Ohio. Um, I saw both of your wins came via armbar, so via submission. I just want to dive into your career now. What, what got you into MMA? Like, what drove you to want to, I know you, you're a big fan of MMA, but what drove you to actually want to start competing into it, uh, in it? Um, I would, I would say that I would say when I was younger, I played on a lot of AAU basketball teams. I've played everywhere for basketball. I've played everywhere for baseball. I've done the golf and like nothing really, nothing really brought the sauce like mm -hmm. the fighting does, you know? And earlier on and when I was playing basketball in high school and stuff, it was like, I was being shut down by all these coaches and stuff. And, you know, that that hurts when you get shut down early by, you know, when when you're young, you want to be in the you want to be in the NFL. You want right. to be in the NBA when you're in kindergarten. And they're like, what do you want to do when you grow up? And you're like, I want to be in the NBA. Like and I, and I carried that around for a long time. And then when I got shut down by these coaches and they were like, you're never going to be tall enough. You're never going to be this. You're not this. And it was like, well, fine, I'll just go find something else. Right. Yeah. And I actually was picking my brother up at a party and I met one of his friends, Terry Neff, big shout out to him. Good guy for sure. And I I talked to him for he was trying to party and I just kept him kept him talking for like two hours and he was just saying how how mixed martial arts had changed his life and and then I wanted to do that and then I asked my brother, I was like, what what should I do? Like where should I start? Mm -hmm. And he said there's a place in Newark, it's called Tenth Planet. You, you should go try it out. And I was like, I, I don't know what that is. Yeah. And I went there and first day they were talking to me about how the earth was flat and all kinds of other stuff. And I was like, you guys are crazy. Like, I'm and, coming here to fight. I'm not coming here to learn about the earth. Right, right. And then they started, um, they took me in as their own. I have really good teammates there and they've just built me from the ground up and it's just been awesome, you know. Uh, me and my brother have been, you know, he doesn't know much, but he knows a little bit. <laughs> and He's taught me as much as, as he can as he can teach me, and then I went to Tenth Planet, and they've just they've just built me up as a they've taught me how to be a better fighter and a better person, and I've been humbled, and it really it's changed my my outlook on life and as as fighting and as the careers go on, it's it just changed my life. Tenth Planet has done everything for me for sure. Uh, I got good guys there. It's John Barrows, he's the best, honestly. Mm -hmm. Like he's great. He teaches well, and then. 
I got good teammates. I have Ryan, a good guy that I know. I have another another guy's name is Austin. These these are a couple of older guys who's been at the tenth planet for a long time, and you know they they just they treat me like like I'm like I'm family really. They they let me in, they open their doors to me, and I've just been training there ever since. And then for the striking aspect, I went I started striking in my garage with my brother, and we were hitting pads and stuff, and it was like just it just didn't look right just because I didn't know much and then mm-hmm. I went to a boxing gym they're called Terror Boxing in uh St. Clairsville and he taught me a little bit of boxing and I had a couple of burner matches at the gym and I won and then um I decided to take my first MMA fight and we got it scheduled I signed the contract the dude ended up dropping out of the fight not really sure what happened to it it's on my it's on my tapology as a canceled bout Mm-hmm. Um, we both signed the contract. One of us was ready and one of us wasn't, you know? And after that, um, Travis, the guy, my boxing coach who I met in St. Clairsville, he was like, Hey, I can't be there. Blah, blah, blah. This was like two weeks out from the fight. And after that, I was like, all right, I'm not going to go back there because this, this sport, it's all about respect and all about loyalty. You know, I'm loyal to my guys at 10th planet. Those guys, that's it's second family for me, for sure. So I went to... A place called Henzo Gracie in Pittsburgh. They're a stout, uh, another name. And I went there, and they've they've taken me in as well. Uh, Will is the head striking coach there. He's done an amazing job with me. He is the levels that I have risen. I was at like a level five when I went in there, and I'm at like a level ten now out of a hundred. But we're getting there slowly, yeah. and they've all taken me in, and. Now I have two separate families. I got one in Newark and I got one in Pittsburgh and uh, they do really good and we all hang out together and I go watch their fights and they watch me fight and everybody cares about, everybody cares about everybody. Everybody cares about everybody's career and that's what I, that's what we need. You know, we need people in our lives that, that care about us. You know, it's a selfish sport. So, so I'm selfish when it comes to this, you know, mm-hmm. um, that's just, that's it. It's just you, when, when you're fighting, you have to be selfish and that's what I've done. You know, I've moved around. I've, I've, I've kicked people out of the circle and I've brought new people in and the new people I've brought in have just improved my game leaps and bounds. And I'm, I'm excited to continue on the journey and I'm excited to continue in mixed martial arts. So did you start out like, was it fresh out of high school? Or did you start while you were still in high school? When, when did that process kind of start for you where you, where you wanted to get into MMA? I was a sophomore in high school. I was still currently playing basketball, and I was attending um, jiu-jitsu classes at the same time at Tenth Planet. And I sat down with my brother um, after about a month of classes, and I just tell him how much I liked it, and I'm ready to compete. He was like, "You're not ready to compete," and I was like, "Why not?" And he said, "Because you're not 100% in it." He's like, "You can't do basketball and golf and mixed martial arts." He's right. like, "If you're if you're doing mixed martial arts." you have to be all in. So I, I dropped it all and I, I went all in and um, I, just, I started going to the gym every day. Uh, now, I'm, now I'm just a gym rat. I, I, don't, I, I live in the gym. If I'm not lifting, I'm doing jujitsu. And if I'm not doing jujitsu, I'm, I'm striking. And if I'm not striking, I'm cardio, you know, and it's just never ending. And there's always leap, there's always things that can improve the game and give you the edge, like eating healthy. That's just an edge. Yeah. That's something I've started doing. I've, I really took up dieting and uh, it's helped my game for sure. It's helped my cardio. I feel better. And uh, 
like I said, I'm just, I'm, I'm ready to get back in there for sure. What's the dieting like? What's your, what's your nutrition plan like for uh, an MMA, jujitsu, boxing, junk, uh, gym rat kind of guy? Um, when you're in camp, in camp is like the six to eight weeks leading before the fight. Mm-hmm. When I'm in camp, um, my brother makes all my meals for me. I don't worry about it because that's just something else I have to worry about on top of going in the cage and, um, standing across from a guy who's ready to take my head off. Right. You know, I got other things to worry about and training and all this other stuff. So my brother really, he's, he's all in as well. He's all in for my career as well. And that's awesome. And I love that. And I'm very grateful that he's, uh, I'm very grateful for what he's done for my career. Um, you know, he's even, he ordered all kinds of these things and we have like our own little home gym. I do all my strength and conditioning at home. I never have to leave for that. That's awesome. Uh, he's great with dieting and nutrition. He, in camp, I'm eating a lot of things like salmon and chicken and nothing is, um, you're not, no, no barbecue sauces and ranch and stuff. Yeah. None of that, you know, it's, um, I eat a lot of greens. I, my meals are all portioned out correctly. However they are portioned, that is up to my brother. He, he does that, you know, like I said, I don't worry about it because that's the job that he took on himself. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad he's done that because I don't know a lot about the dieting, but he tells me what I'm supposed to eat, when I'm supposed to eat, and I just I stick to that, and it's helped me for sure. You know, I feel better, I look better. Um, I'm yoked right now, to be honest. I really am. I'm I'm feeling other than a other than a torn labrum. I'm feeling amazing for sure. So how did the torn torn labrum come about? Did that come about during training or during during a fight? I was in a few jujitsu matches. I won a couple in a row, and then I was like, I'm ready to go to the next level so they put me in the advanced class or the advanced level jujitsu and I was competing and I was actually winning the whole match this is for a Naga belt in 2018 um and I was winning the whole bout with like 15 seconds left I got caught in an arm bar and I heard it pop and I let it go and then the ref ended up stopping it and he ended up winning I went home my shoulder had hurt for months afterwards and I had iced it but I was still training. I was still striking. I was still lifting just as I had normally done. And it just progressively got worse. And then before my first fight against Paulu, we were warming up in the back and it, it really started aching. And I, and it, it, it changed the game plan. I went from being able to strike and do whatever I wanted to like, oh crap, now we got to get this fight to the ground because I don't even have a right hand anymore. And then I let it go and I let it go. I quit thinking about it. It got a little bit better, but not it wasn't great. I still wasn't icing it. I wasn't doing any, you know, now I'm doing all kinds of CBD creams and biofreeze and, and, uh, banded workouts to try to strengthen the muscles and stuff around it, you know, and none. And it just, it just progressively got worse. And I dealt with it for my first two fights for my boxing matches and stuff. I just dealt with it. And then we were getting ready to fight. I was supposed to fight July 4th with my boy, Cam, uh, Cam Sullivan. He fought, he won. It was like 30 seconds, went in there, body kicked him, uh, went for a guillotine. From the guillotine, he went through a couple of knees, went back to the guillotine, got the tap. He ended up winning. I ended up, um, like, three weeks out from the bout, I was hitting pads with my brother. We were just going light. I threw uh, I threw a right hook, and it just felt like, it felt like my shoulder was on the ground. Like, it felt like it had completely popped out of place, and I looked at my brother, and he was like, no. And I was like, no. And then we went inside and it was really, really bad. And, uh, 
went to some doctors and stuff and we figured out that I have a partially torn labrum and we decided to pull out of that fight. Um, it's the only fight I've ever pulled out of. And if you're wondering, I did not want to, but, oh, yeah, um, sure. you know, my, my brother cares about my career and cares about my health. And he just, he's the one who put the nail in the coffin. It was like, I'm not, I'm not going out there if you're going to go out there, you know, I'm not going to be in your corner if you go out there. And I, when he said that it hit home. So I just decided to not fight. And, um, I've, I've just been rehabbing it ever since I've been rehabbing it for the last maybe six to six weeks. Probably I've just been. Um, a lot of banded workouts going slow, something I'm not good at, but we're getting better at it. Um, I'm getting smarter in my lifting. I'm getting smarter in my eating. I'm getting smarter in my rehab, you know, so it's all going, it's all going really good. I plan to be back in six to eight weeks. I plan to fight four times this year. Um, it's going to yeah. be, it's going to be a good year. Yeah. I was going to ask you what the, what the timetable is on, on that, but yeah, six to eight weeks and then you plan on, so four times in a year, what's the usual uh, amount of fights that a fighter would uh, choose to participate in and compete in during a year. I think if you're at the pro level, I think when you're at the pro level and you think you're you're good enough, I think you can fight. You know, as long as you don't take too many dam too much damage in your fight, you can fight every two months if you really wanted to. Me, I fought. Um, when I fought, we saw a lot of holes, a lot of a lot of space to improve. So. I, I looked at my coaches and stuff and I was like, I need, I need to get much, much better. And so we were just like, let's, let's take four months. Let's, let's take four months. Let's just go to work and, and see what happens. And after four months, you look at me and like, if you look at my film from my first fight to my second fight, there's two different people who stepped in the cage, two completely different fighters. And, um, I've, I've done really, I've done really well at, um, staying consistent. Consistency is key. I've done really well at staying consistent and, you know, I think, I think guys can fight every once to one to two months. I think I, I like to take my time, you know, cause I got a lot of it. I'm only 19 yeah, years old. For sure. Um, I'm only 19 years old. I'm already two and oh, like I said, I, I plan to fight four times this year. However, the shoulder could be six to eight weeks. If it needs surgery, it could be six to eight months. So I might, I might get one fight in this year or I might get my four fights in this year. You know, it just depends. It depends on how I feel. It depends on you know, it's a, it's a combat sport. So injuries happen. That's yeah. something I have to get used to. That's something I have to, uh, adapt to is the fact that the injuries do happen. They do come. And I've, I've done, I've never been really good at sitting out and taking time out, but I've, I've definitely gotten much, much better at it. And, and I'm glad I have, because had I not, I'd probably still have an effed up shoulder and probably be two and one if it hadn't been mm -hmm. for my coaches and stuff telling me not to. So I'm glad I've done what I've done and I'm, I'm happy with the place that I'm at right now. And I'm, I'm scratching to get back in there. I'm itching to get back in there, but you know, it, it, it all, everything takes time and I'm, I'm learning that now and I'm glad I'm learning that now so that I don't have to learn that lesson later on in my career when I'm pro. So right. I'm glad that it's happening now early on. So is it, would you say the shorter injury is probably the worst injury that you've gone through so far in your career or is are there maybe a couple other things that you went through that are that are also ranked pretty high on the list too? Um, you know, it is a combat sport, so injuries do happen. So there's always those nagging injuries. You know, I've I've had a surgery on my ear. Um, I I got I've, I've got cauliflower ear in both my ears. My left ear had some other issues besides the cauliflower. We got surgery done. We just got the stitches out today. You know, that's a nagging injury that I wouldn't have pulled out of a fight for. I wouldn't have quit training for. But like. It's just an injury and injuries happen. You know, you go in there and 
your your ankle's a little swollen. You go in there and you punch somebody weird the weekend before light sparring, and your hand hurts. You know, you you, uh, you got slammed wrong in in takedown drills, and your hip hurts. You know, so you always go in there and you're a little beat up. You know, because you train hard, and when you're in the gym, I give it a hundred percent all the time. I want to win every round, no matter what. Even if we're just repping, I'm still trying to win. Right. You know, it's a, it's a competitive mentality that I carry in the gym and that I carry um, in the cage with me. And, you know, injuries are part of the game. I'm learning that. Um, some are more severe than others, as I've realized. Yeah. And uh, I'm, I'm just glad that I've, that I've learned the lessons that I've learned early on. And I'm glad. I'm, I'm very thankful for where I sit right now. So when you first stepped into the cage for your your first official MMA fight, what was what were the thoughts that were racing through your mind as you were standing across from another person and both of you guys are kind of chomping at the bit to essentially take each other's heads off? What's What are the thoughts that are just going through your mind for your first match? Um, your first fight, I should say. Let's go back to the weigh-in because that's kind of where it all started. Is it? Um, I was, before my first fight, I was walking around at 140 pounds and the fight was at 135. Um, so I only had to cut five pounds, which was awesome. And the guy that I fought was probably cutting like 20. Wow. There's a picture of us standing side by side and I would look like a stick and he looked like a bodybuilder compared to me, you know? And I was a little after the weigh-ins, you know, we we weigh in and then we face off and get our pictures taken and stuff for the media. And we weighed in and I, I looked over at my opponent and I saw how big and how jacked he was. You know, he had, he had abs popping out of his stomach his yeah. biceps were twice the size of mine. His neck was thicker than a Snickers, you know? <laughs> and, uh, I was looking at him and I was like, man, like, no I, shot I should, I should not have signed the con. I don't want to fight this dude right now. I don't want to fight this guy. And then not only that, we were in the back and I was smoking some pads, you know, just hitting them nice and easy. And I, like I said, I said, I felt my shoulder again. And I was like, man, not only is this guy jacked and twice the size I am. But you're not even completely not, healthy. Not yeah. even healthy. So I was I was scared, you know. And when you step in the cage, if you say you're not scared, you're silly. Yeah. And the reason I say that is because when you go in there, you're fighting somebody. You know, at the end of the day, he's trying to take your head off. I'm trying to take his head off. Um, it's kill or be killed in there for sure. So I was a little scared, you know. Um after the first few shots were thrown and I felt the power, I ate one of his best shots on the chin. Not proud of it, but I ate it. Mm -hmm. And when I felt that, I was like, man, that wasn't that bad. And then he hit me again and I was like, man, that wasn't that bad. And then I ended up taking him down and submitting him. And the butterflies were all still there. I mumbled on the mic and stuff because you know how it is. Yeah. First right. time in front of a microphone. And sure. I didn't game plan for that part. But, uh, that's the one part you don't have you don't have to worry about training for as much you want, you want to get the job done first before actually getting on the mic yeah I never worried about the I never worried about the um the interview afterwards because I was just worried about winning because mm -hmm. that's the only thing that matters to me is winning you know I, I want to stay in this game for a long time I want to stay healthy and I think the best way to do that is to stay to stay consistent so that's what I've done and you know I, I like I said I was real scared stepping in there for the first one and then the second one my I had my head coach, John, could not be there. He had he had some prior commitments previous. And so one of my teammates and my brother was in my corner. My brother's always in my corner. He knows me the best. He's not only my, my strength and conditioning coach and my pad holder, he's also my best friend. And, you know, having that in there, it just gives me confidence that knowing that I got one of my best friends, my head, one of my head coaches with me in there at all times, you know, and... 
it's awesome because when I step in there, it's like he's stepping in there. He's just as nervous as I am. And we were in the back for my second fight against Jared Dressler. And we were in the back and we were warming up. And I was just so calm. Like, my heartbeat probably hadn't spiked at all, which is crazy because, you know, you're getting ready to fight. Your heartbeat spikes. You, you get the adrenaline dump. And, like, right. that's what happened in the first fight. And, like, within a minute, I was kind of tired. And I was like, I don't want that to happen because I'm a guy who relies on my cardio. You know, I don't rely on athletic ability. I rely on uh, technique to take care of everything. Yes, technique and conditioning to take care of everything. Because I'm not going to be the strongest and I'm not going to be the fastest. But I hope to be the most precise and the most. And I prepare to be a technician. And so I was. I was confident in my skills going into the second fight. Much more confident in my skills than I had been in the first fight. Uh, it gave me. It made me feel much better going in there. And when I stepped in the cage, you know, I just, I looked around and I, I took everything in. I just, I did a circle around the cage. I looked at everybody and I was like, man, all these people are here. Like, let's, let's put on a show. I took a deep breath and I was ready to go. And I look across the cage and I see, I see this, this crotch sniffing wrestler coming over here trying to take me down. And I was like, man, I'm trying to put on a show for these people and smoke this dude with some punches. Didn't play out like that. He walked out and shot a double leg as anticipated. And, uh, you know, it gave me, it gave me confidence that he didn't want to strike with me, which just made me feel even better. Made it to the second round. I look around, he's over in his corner shaking. He's shaking. He's scared because, uh, it was really close to being finished in the first round. My second fight was, um, he was in a triangle for a long, long time, probably like 35 seconds, which is a long wow. time in fighting time. Yeah. Um, you know, he was, he was begging to get out of there and the second round came out and threw a couple of lazy punches shot another takedown and I defended it. And he shot another one, and I defended it, and he shot another one, and I hit him with some punches, and I ended up on my back somehow. I ended up submitting him, and I got up, and, like, there was no there was no butterflies. There was no nerves. There was no nothing. I just took it all in. I took deep breaths. I was thankful that uh, that I made it out of there with without getting hurt. I was I was honestly thankful that I didn't have to hurt him, really. I, I didn't have to knock him out. I didn't end up breaking his arm. You know, we both got out of there injury-free. So good for both of us to be honest. It was yeah. the best possible outcome because if I didn't submit him, I was going to knock him out. So yeah. it was a, it was it was a good outcome for both of us. You know, it was it was perfect. It was perfect storm, honestly, because it could have ended really bad for him. I didn't see it. I didn't see it going bad for me in any way. You know, I had him in all areas. If he wanted to strike, I was gonna I was gonna whoop him for three rounds for for all nine minutes of the fight. I was gonna be on him. You know, that was the game plan was to put the pressure on him and put the pace on him. Because nobody can stand with my pace right now. Not at the amateur level. You know, I, I'm, I'm a cardio machine. I walk in there and, and all these guys are jogging and I'm sprinting. Yeah. All three rounds, all nine minutes, you know. And he wasn't ready for the sprint. You know, he wanted to jog and I wasn't jogging. I was yeah. sprinting. So that gave me confidence as well. So from the first fight to the second fight, it was like night and day. Yeah. For sure. So. That, so what would you say your, your style is like? And you, you have just a few years experience, but what are, what are you trying to mold your style into? Is there a specific, uh, fighter at the pro level that you try to creative, just be creative, creative. Just... I'm that's, that's the key word in my game is creative. My, my punches are coming from different angles. My kicks are coming from different angles. I have a piston of a left kick. I have a piston of a left hand. I have an amazing jab when I, when I get my shoulder healed. And on top of that, if, if you take me down and you put me on your back, you're not offensive anymore. I am. Because when you put me on my back, it might look like I'm losing, but I'm not losing. Like, on my first fight, I got... I, I In my first fight, I pulled guard. I put myself on the bottom on purpose. Because that's where I feel comfortable. Mm -hmm. 
And that's because I didn't feel comfortable on the feet at the time. I'm much more comfortable on the feet now. Um, I actually prefer to stand up at this point in time. Even though my ground game is respected by all these amateur MMA guys, um, I think they need to respect the, the, the stand-up as well because it's just it's all coming together. I'm, I'm becoming a complete mixed martial artist, and it, it takes time, and, and I'm, I'm happy. I'm, I'm happy. Kind of, kind of get me a little scared. Sitting, I'm sitting. A, all we have is a mic in between us, and the things that you can do. I mean, you could, you could snap me in half without even trying. So you can. Good thing we're friends. We don't have to worry about yeah. that. We don't have to worry yeah, about. Yeah, no, that. for sure. Um, but so do you? I don't know what it is. It's on the, at the amateur level, but I know the the pro guys. They'll they'll come out to different music. Do you have like a an entrance song or like walk up music that you have before you step in the cage or like what's something that. Maybe you're listening to beforehand if you don't have a walk-up song. Um, when we're in the back, um, when we're warming up, when I'm getting my hands wrapped, I don't, I don't want to listen to anything. I want to be able to hear the fights outside of the locker room because if I'm sitting in the locker room, I can still hear the crowd and everything, and I can hear the announcers and everything. Mm -hmm. And I want to be able to hear that, and I want to hear that because I want to have the same. I want to, I'll have that if I can hear it in the back, and then when I get in there, it's like I've already heard this three. I've already heard this announcer in the crowd scream three times, yeah. so I'm ready. So I don't really like to listen to music previous to the fights. Mm -hmm. I like to sit there and I like to talk to my talk to my coaches. To, I usually have a I usually have my friend Miguel in the back with me. Um, next time I'm probably going to bring a couple other guys in the back with me to keep me calm, mm -hmm. uh, keep it collective. Um, I, I like to just stay back there and talk, and you know it's just another day for me. Really being back there, you know, I, I feel um, it's right. Like when I'm when I'm back there and I'm getting my hands wrapped, it's like the only thing in the world that feels right. Like I feel, I feel perfect when I'm back there, when I'm getting my hands wrapped, it feels awesome. Like, so I, I don't really want to listen to music because that's not what calms me. What calms me is hearing the crowd and hearing the things that, you know, that excites me. I, I, I love that. I love that. I love going in there and I love feeling the, all the pressure. I love that it's on me. It's all on me. There's, yeah. there's no, there's no quarterback that I could blame it on. There's no tight end I can blame it on. You know, it's not, Oh, he didn't block this guy. That's, that's why we lost. It's not, well, well, he threw the interception. That's why we lost. It's not he. He missed the layup. That's why we lost. Mm -hmm. You know, if we lost, it's all on me. Right. You know, I like that pressure. I like going in there feeling that pressure, and and that's that's what keeps me going. To be honest, so. Yeah, that's so. So, do you have any music that plays when you come out or anything mm -hmm. like that? Uh, Ain't no grave by Johnny Cash. It's a good listen. Oh, that's sick. Anybody who hasn't listened, you should listen. That's sick. It gives yeah. me goosebumps when I'm walking out. I get that's to, pretty dope. It's kind of a, a little slower song, nothing too upbeat, but it's still, it's killer though. Like All these guys come out to these rap songs and, you know, they're all bumping and they're dancing and I'm not, I'm, I'm dead serious when I'm going in there. Uh, it's not a game to me, you know, this is, it might be an amateur level, but I, I take it as I'm in the UFC, you know, I might be fighting for Ohio Combat League, which is a small amateur promotion, but like, in my mind, I'm fighting for the UFC title every fight because... Yeah. That's the mentality you have to have if you want to win. And I think the reason I'm 2-0 and and these other guys aren't is because I'm training 24-7. I'm training like a pro athlete, you know. I'm, I'm training just as the Poirier, Dustin Poirier is training. I'm training just as Cowboy is training. I'm training just as hard as these guys, you know. So when I'm training just as hard as these pro athletes and these amateur athletes are just training whenever they can, that's not good enough, right. you know. And it's not going to be good enough to beat me, so... For sure, yeah. I mean, that's crazy. So, so the song, 
the Johnny Cash song, yeah. it puts me it puts me in a state of 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 readiness. I'm when I hear the song and the song starts playing, it just it just makes me feel amazing. It makes me feel at home. Maybe what I'll try to do is after I get this thing edited down, I'll maybe put it at the end and make make it an outro or something. Oh, that'd like be that. sick. That'd be, that'd be pretty. Sweet. If I can find a like a a downloadable version of it and I can put it in here, that'd be pretty dope. Um, a lot of my friends. Uh, they came and watched me for my first fight, and I walked out to it. And they were like, "What is he? What is he listening to? What is he? What is he doing?" And then I came out to it the second time, and every, and the the second time, the crowd was a little bit more quiet because the fight was outside. It wasn't an indoor oh, okay. venue; it was an outdoor venue, which I'm, I like much better. I like yeah. being outside. You know, there was cool. I didn't feel like I didn't even feel like I was in a cage. It felt like I was just out in the open, which felt awesome, and it was much more quiet and. When my song played, I felt like all the people that were there to watch me really listened, and they they really paid attention to my um, my energy as I walked into the cage. And then next thing I know, I get in the car with a couple of my friends, and they start playing my oh, my song. And I was like, "You guys were just dogging a week ago, and yeah, look at now, you now. now. You're on it. Now yeah. you now you got it on your playlist. Number one. What's yeah. up with all that? So, yeah, you weren't supporting before, but now I've won a couple a couple fights. You're you're playing it. Um, so when when do you think your next fight's going to be? I mean, obviously, you know, I take rehab into consideration with your shoulder and things, but when are you planning on having your, your next fight? Can you ask me when I'd like to fight? When would you like to fight? Tomorrow. I want to fight tomorrow. You know, I'd love to. I'd love to. However, um, we got to do what's smart and what's best for me and what's best for my career, and um, we're just going to take the time out that's necessary. You know, if it's if it's four to six weeks, you'll see me in eight weeks in the, in the cage, and if it's six to eight months, you'll, you'll see me in the ninth month in the cage, yeah. you know, it, it could be, like I said, it could be almost a year, it could be six weeks, you know, we just never know, and it's hard to tell with, with our body, because right. anything happens, you know, so, you know, I want to get in there as fast as possible, and get a win, but, you know, it, it doesn't always happen like that, and I understand that, so, we're just going to take our time, continue to get better, stay in the gym, stay consistent, because that's the key, and I feel like if I do all those things and I, I prepare correctly, then you probably see me in there sooner sooner than later. So. so nothing scheduled at the moment, just kind of going through your rehab process right now and then seeing based on how rehab goes, maybe what timetable you can have set on a, a return to the, to the cage. Correct. I've had a couple of small promotions message me and ask me to fight and stuff, and it sucks being, being like, no, I can't do it. I got a shoulder injury, but like, it happens, you know? Right. So I, I I tell them I'm injured right now, but when I'm ready, I will I will text you and I'll I'll fight for all your promotions. I'll fight everywhere. I'll fight anywhere. You know, if if somebody called me on a Friday and wanted me in Chicago on Saturday, I'd be there because I I, I love it. I love it. It's it's pretty much everything to me right now. It's all I really care about. And like I said, it's it's a selfish sport, so it calls for me to be selfish, and I've learned that and. You know, I've driven a lot of people away because of it, because I, I spend most of my time in the gym, but it's, it's going to be worth it. Yeah. It's going to be worth it at some point and will, everybody will see it at some point. Everybody's going to, everybody's going to realize and everybody's going to know who I am at some time. I hope, you know, the plan is to be the best. And I feel like carrying that mentality around is, is what's going to bring me to the top at some point. You know, it might, it might be when I'm 35, it might be when I'm 22, you know? Uh, when I get my shot, I get my shot, and when I do get my shot, I'm going to capitalize. Um, so, so where's where's the farthest place from good old 
you know, Guernsey County, Ohio, where's the furthest place you've gone to, to fight uh, for a promotion? Uh, I went to Mansfield, Ohio, which is like two hours from us. Okay. I, no, maybe like two and a half hours. I went there and fought. I fought once. That was my first fight. And wow, that was a treat. And then my second one was in Columbus, so I didn't have to drive very far. It yeah, was only okay. about an hour away. Not too bad, then. So that was awesome. It was like, I got to wake up in the morning, and I was still cutting weight because it's same-day weigh-ins, you know. So I woke up. I got on the scales. I was like 137. Thought I was going to miss weight. We started at 7 a.m. on my second fight. We started cutting at like 7 a.m. again because I was off. Uh, drove an hour, stepped on the scales. It worked out perfectly because we weren't very far away. Yeah. So it, it's I like... I like fighting closer to home. Yeah. I like fighting, you know, if they had a fight in Guernsey County, you'd see me there. Yeah. You know, but, uh, yeah, we don't have that. We don't have that around here. No. That's fine. Columbus is as close as we can get it. I think so. And I'll fight in Columbus. I'll fight in Columbus until I go pro or, you know, if, if they want me to travel, if somebody's going to pay me some, pay me some money to travel and go out of state, I'd gladly do that, you know? But right now at the amateur career, I don't see any reason for me to be traveling anywhere. Right. Um, like I, I was telling my coaches and stuff, you know, they're like, why don't you cut to 125? You can make 125. You know, I walk around at 150 pounds now. Um, to cut to 35 is, is it's rough, you know, and especially because we're both me and my brother and my coaches were learning how to cut the weight. So it's an, it's an issue right now, but it won't be. And I, I've told him since day one that um, you pay me and I'll, I'll, Cut all the weight you want. Yeah. You know, you, you give me a little bit of, a little bit of bread and yeah, I'll cut a sure. hundred pounds if you really need me yeah. to, you know? And I, like I said, I take it like I'm a professional. So when I sign the bout agreement at 135 pounds, That's you, what you're be. you better, you better bet that I'm going to walk in the cage at 135 or I'll step on the scales at least at 135 pounds, you know, probably not walking in the cage at that. I'll probably walk in the cage at about 150 pounds again. You know, because I hydrate back up and whatnot. Right. But you know, whatever I sign the dotted line, that's what that's the weight I'll make. You know, like I said, I I treat it like I'm a professional, even though I'm not yet. I, I treat it like I am, and I think that's why I've had the success that I've had so so far so early on, and I'm gonna continue to do so. So what's the the cutting weight process like? Does it involve a lot of Fasting, obviously a lot of like, I'm sure cardio and things like that, but does it involve fasting? Do you have to skip meals or anything like that? What's, what's your regimen like when it comes to cutting weight? Um, my brother's broken it down to a few different aspects. We, we started off by about four weeks out. We just drinking like a gallon of water three weeks out. We're drinking a gallon and a half, two weeks out. We're drinking close to two gallons a day. Wow. Yeah. And then a week out, we bring it back to about a gallon, gallon and a half. And then uh, the night before, we cut like 12 pounds the night before. Wow. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. And it just comes off. We have a sauna at the house that we use. So it's all water weight then. It is. It, it is. Okay. Like on top of the dieting and the strength and conditioning differences, like obviously when, when I'm preparing for about, I'm lifting crazy hard and I'm doing crazy explosion workouts. And then as we get closer to the fight, we, we, we dial back, you know, two weeks out, we're hitting pads, we're, we're doing light jogging two to three miles, you know, like slow things. Um, nothing, nothing too crazy, nothing too explosive. We try not to get injured, you know? So when, when it, uh, when it breaks down to the next, for the two weeks leading up, we really slow the workouts down. We really worry about my intake, my food intake. Mm -hmm. Um, my brother portions it all out for me perfectly. And he, he does my water, my water weight for me too. He, I wake up in the morning, there's a text on my phone that's like, you need to be drinking this today. 
This is how much you should be taking in a day. And I'll drop your meals off at the house. You know, nobody else has that at this amateur level. And so it's, it's freaking awesome to yeah. have that around. It's, it's amazing. Awesome. So I figure to, to kind of wrap things up, um, we'll kind of just go a little rapid fire with just some kind of just some random questions, not necessarily related. There's one related to MMA. The rest are just kind of um, just random. So I call it like a this or that. Um, I know you said you don't listen to music much before uh, fights and things like that, but when you are listening to music, do you prefer Beats or AirPods? Which would you rather have? Mm. I don't speak broke. Oh. Oh. Uh, I don't know. I'd probably go with the Beats just because I actually have a pair of Beats. Yeah, I do too. So. so. Uh, beach or mountains? Mm. Mountains. I want to. I want to train. Uh, I want my elevation above sea level i want it to be high so my cardio is great so yeah. if i get to choose not even training like vacation wise or like training wise or just either or e either or it can be vacation um, spot or it can just be training so the mountains i want to be in the mountains in a cabin in the middle of nowhere with me and my family and my training partners that would be the life there you go uh i know I, so the, I already know the answer to this question but cats or dogs Oh, dogs for sure. My little, my little hanky boo boo sitting at home waiting on me. Actually, yeah. So dogs for sure. Um, so for burgers or steak, would you prefer medium rare or well done? It's got to be steak. I don't do much, much bread because mm -hmm. of carbs. I'm sure, yeah. But uh, medium, medium on the steak. Medium. There you go. Alrighty. Uh, so obviously, I know you know training. You don't, you don't enjoy, you know, pop all that often, but. Um, Coke products or Pepsi products if you had to drink one? Man, I used to be a huge Coke fan. Yeah? Yeah, Coke for sure. Um, Far superior drink. Yeah. <laughs> and if you were in the UFC, who would your dream opponent be right now? Sean O'Malley. I'd like to fight that dude right now. Yeah. I'd like to train with that dude. He's awesome, you know? He throws a lot of spinning attacks, you know? He has a, he has a good spinning back fist. He throws his punches from odd angles. He's long and lanky like I am. He's got decent jujitsu off of his back you know i'd love to get in the gym with that dude right now just to see what that's like to see what that what that high level intensity is like you know i'd love to be in the gym with somebody like that and i'd love to sh uh, share the octagon with somebody like that at some point and then last question this is this one's just completely random but i like asking it on the radio all the time when i interview people um it's the classic island question if you were stranded on a deserted island and you can only bring three items with you to the island, what three items would you bring? This is a thinker, so I'll give you some time on this one. We yeah, have all the time in the world. Huh. It can be survival items. It can be... Uh, people like to break the question all the time, so they'll say, like, oh, I'm going to bring a TV and my PlayStation, and we're just going to play PlayStation out on, the strand, on a deserted island where there's no internet or yeah, electricity for that. Yeah, matter. that doesn't work. But um, I, I let it slide. I get three items. What am I bringing? Hmm. Man, are we trying to survive out there for a long time? Are you? Are you? Or there are we for staying there for a week? Are you there for a good time or are you there for a long time? Man, <laughs> you only live once. I'm there for a good time. There you go. Yeah. Um, I'm bringing my Gold Strike Sanable boxing gloves. I'm bringing my brother and a set of pads. There you go. So I can stay active. You know, I, yeah, I love I'm it. Sure I love find, it and I live it. So. You can find some fruit or some coconuts for some food. You yeah, can, we're not even. You can sharpen it. A stick and go out there and for sure kill something yeah we can throw some spears or you'll, something you'll, for you'll some survive grub. for a while yeah we'll be all right yeah. i get my estimated survival time like 
a month. <laughs> yeah, a month of some some good training and maybe not a whole lot of good eating. That's <laughs> Probably fine. not, but. but but yeah, for sure. All right, man. Well, thanks for coming on. This Thank was a you lot for of having fun. Me. Uh, definitely enlightened me, and it's um, it's definitely going to drive me to pay attention to a lot more MMA and UFC stuff. Um, I appreciate you reaching out and setting this setting this up because this was a lot of fun and anytime you want to come back on and, and talk about anything um more than welcome to man so appreciate it thanks for having me man it was awesome there ain't no great can hold my body down when i hear that trumpet sound i'm gonna rise right out of the ground ain't no great can hold my body down well, look way down the river, and what do you think I see? I see a band of angels, and they're coming after me. Ain't no grave can hold my body down. There ain't no grave can hold my body down. Well, look down yonder, Gabriel. Put your feet on the land and see. But Gabriel, don't you blow your trumpet till you hear from me. There ain't no grave can hold my body down. Ain't no grave can hold my body down. Jesus, meet me, meet me in the middle of the air. And if these wings don't fail me, I will meet you anywhere. Ain't no grave can hold my body down. There ain't no grave can hold my body down. Well, meet me, mother and father. Meet me down the river road. And mama, you know that I'll be there when I check in, my Lord. Ain't no grave can hold my body down. There ain't no grave can hold my body down. There ain't no grave can hold my body down. Ain't no grave can hold my body down.